This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 174 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today it's all about protection. And Jim's going to protect us. Jim Foglio, the CEO of Capital Shield, is here. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Charlie? Doing great. And you have a very unique thing going on. I don't want to spoil it. I'm just going to say thing. Uh, so I'm really interested in hearing what that's all about and, and the story behind it. So, uh, Jim, tell us about Capital Shield. Well, Capital Shield is an insurance product that is designed to protect that successful person or high net worth person's managed assets from any kind of theft through either um, embezzlement, Ponzi schemes, fraud, anything like that. So, you know, most people think that, um, you know, that money is is protected. So but it's really exposed. Yeah. And, and uh, quite a few stories over the years where uh, people were left uh, stunned by the fact that they weren't protected. Right. Biggest one was Bernie Madoff, $63 billion. And then there was one Alan Stanford that was like eight or nine billion. Kind of nobody even heard of him, but uh, he affected more people than Madoff. He affected 50,000 families while Madoff affected 20,000 families. Wow. Wow. Dang. So the story behind this, I guess, uh, you know, you got into this business, uh, you were in the insurance business, but, you know, you had, I guess, a, a, a personal. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, impact. You were impacted personally by a scheme, I guess, of yeah. sorts. Or, I, 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 yeah, I had a um, trusted friend, you know, who uh, was one of our business partners that stole over a million dollars from me. And uh, the kind of the crazy thing was that, you know, that was during a time in our life when my wife was pregnant with our first child. So um, kind of the story behind that was my wife and I were married 20 years before we were having our first kid. And that was supposed to be the happiest time of our life. And we we're really dealing with a million dollar embezzlement out of our funds and uh, took three years to prosecute him to get him to put in jail. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Were you able to uh, collect anything? Was anything left? Uh, no, <laughs> not only did we not get any money back um, and he kind of had a very lavish lifestyle on our money, but he also used our money to fund his own defense against us. Oh, Jeez. I know. It was it was a double kick in the pants, you know. Wow. Yeah. I mean it he showed no remorse either. It was kind of like really stunning. And this was a friend that we went out to dinner with and we're friends with him and his wife. And it was really a violation of trust and it affected us very personally. The violation was was a personal violation you know, for us. I can't and, yeah, during the time in our life when we're supposed to be yeah. really, you know, enjoying it and having fun and celebrating. And it was just, you know, wow, tough. For sure. And, you know, but talk about making uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? You know, you're able to take this experience, learn from it and now help others, right? Yes. I mean, the funny thing is, is it was really kind of my, my wife asked me a question when we sold our insurance agency in New Jersey and we put that money into our, you know, investment portfolio, she said, how do we protect that money now? Like we already <laughs> got stolen once. Like, how do we protect this money now? And, yeah. and I looked at it with this like blank look on my face and I, I didn't know. And then wow. a little while went by and I thought to myself, why didn't they invent anything like this after Madoff, after a $63 billion Ponzi scheme, why didn't somebody 
build a policy that would protect people, especially retired people that have to live on that money. It's got to last forever. Their best working years are behind them and they can't make up that savings if it was ever gone. Why isn't there something for that? And that's when the whole thing really came about. And that's when we really felt like we can build something like this. And, you know, people think with the FDIC or the SIPC that they have insurance. That's really if the company goes bankrupt. It's not meant for, you know, somebody going in and forging your name and stealing your funds. It's not meant for that, you know? So um, that's really how the product was developed, kind of inspired was really because my wife asked me that one question that, that really kind of prompted me to think a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And, uh, you know, only because you've been through it already, uh, most people don't even ask that question. But now that they're hearing this, they're going, geez, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it. If, if you work 35 or 40 years and you've accumulated some money and that money has to last forever, what yeah. would you do if it was gone? Yeah. What would you do? And it's funny because most people think that their largest asset is their home. And for some people it is. But for the high net worth person, their largest asset is really their managed portfolio, their funds, their savings. And that money is not insured against theft, embezzlement, or fraud. Wow. Wow. So how long did it take you to put all this together? About a year and a half. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we um, got WR Berkeley, and that's a, a very great insurance company, and they put together all the reinsurance behind it, and they really helped draft the, um, the legal policy itself. So... We worked closely with them and took about a year and a half to get it from concept to paper. You know? Okay. Okay. And then who, who was your ideal client? I mean, it may, are you working with insurance agencies or individuals? How does that all work? Yeah, we, 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 um, we, we market this product through a wholesaler called Market Scout out of Texas. And they're a wholesaler. So, yes, we contact insurance agents, especially the insurance agent that works in the personal lines area, private client area. And we try to educate them on the product and the need for this product. And then we, we hope that they would talk to their, their clients about it, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. hey, if this helps people get their get them to call their insurance agent and say, what about this insurance? Bingo. That'd be great, you know? Yeah, it can work in the reverse, right? Yeah, exactly. Someone listening and they can call their agent and say, hey, I just yeah. heard this Jim guy. And, uh, <laughs> wow, you know, he's brought up some pretty important stuff. Uh, so, yeah, very cool. Very cool. How about um, what kind of myths do you hear uh, in the in your world, the insurance protection, you know, investment protection world that you created? <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest myth is that people think, well, if I'm, if I'm with a very large institution, it can't happen to me. Mm. It happens mm. to every size firm. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, discriminate whether it's a large, small firm or a small firm. It can happen anywhere. Um, some of some of the stories we read are in the largest firms. Um, and I, I guess that is to me the biggest myth. I think people, th- I think people think two things. I think they think my money's insured, number one, and it really is not. And, and number two, if I'm with a large bank or a large firm, it can't happen here. And that's why a lot of people, the funny thing is a lot of people, if they're, if they have a lot of wealth, they split their money among multiple investment advisors. Maybe they have two or three to minimize the risk. So mm. somebody can't get all my money. But also what you've done is you've doubled or tripled the, the likelihood it could happen, but yeah. just that they would get less money. So so some people almost like in, in mentally self-insured by putting their money among multiple investment advisors. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So what are you doing for fun when you're not working? <laughs> uh, you can find me either in the gym 
<laughs> or on the boat. Um, so I have a 13 year old boy. So we like to take the boat out and go fishing. Uh, and he, he loves, he's, he's a, he's a gym rat like I am. He loves to be in the gym, you know? Yeah. Awesome. yeah. You know, so we, he's training, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah, it. Kinda, love it's kind of where I met my wife in the gym. So we were both trainers before we got married. So we, we've always been like, we, we love the gym, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And little history here for our listeners, Jim and I, uh, found out in talking uh, prior to the recording that we actually worked out back in the eighties at the same place <laughs> in New Jersey. Crazy. The Atlantic club, <laughs> the Atlantic club. Wow. It was one of the best gyms out there. It sure was man. Summers at the Jersey shore. Absolutely. You know, beach workout, hit the nightclubs and then just groundhogs day over and over. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you think about the Jersey shore, you think about places like the Osprey and stuff and, you yeah. know, Manasquan, yeah. legged sandbar and all that stuff. That was a lot of fun. Jersey shore is fun. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I, I hate to switch things over from all that fun to hardship, but you certainly have had your share. So I want to touch base on that a little bit. You know, um, you've been through a lot, as I said, looking back, uh, you know, maybe share a hardship that you can now say, hey, got through it. Uh, it sucked. Um, but because of it, I'm stronger, better for it. What comes to mind? I think the, um, the toughest challenge I had was at age 38. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just getting, I was doing a competition for powerlifting and I just cleaned up. I mean, I came in first overall and, um, that year I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So I had uh, stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and the bone marrow spleen and lymph nodes. And, um, I jokingly said to my wife, I said, can you imagine how much weight I could have lifted if I wasn't sick? <laughs> so, uh, but, um, that the funny thing is, is it definitely taught me a lot because I was raised by my grandmother. So from the time I was 11 months old, so I never really had a relationship with my mother. So, um, during that time of, you know, um, going through the chemo and stuff, my brother-in-law, who is a really devout Christian, um, brought me to Christianity. So I read the Bible from beginning to end from Genesis to revelations. And mm-hmm. that's when I decided to, uh, kind of like make a relationship with my mother. And lo and behold, that was important to do because years later, when my son was born, he, you know, he wants to have a grandmother. So if I didn't do that and I didn't go through the cancer, I probably wouldn't have mended that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So it it taught me a lot of empathy, you know, which was great. You know, you know, used to think like, you know, when people sometimes get sick, what did they do to get that? And, And I, now I thought to myself, like, I didn't do anything to get this. So, a lot of people who do get a disease like that, uh, it's either genetic or it was bad luck, you know? Yeah. But I, needed, I almost needed to go through it, though. Mentally, yeah. I needed to go through it to learn about it. Yeah, you know, we can't help but. I, I guess we, we always have choices in life, and we can certainly choose to just be devastated and, you know, not get out of bed the next day. And then there's the, you know, I'm, and, and I know obviously you had crazy bad days and, and, um, but, you know, you kept going and uh, you're, as you said, you're better for it. And you can look back like your your other hardship and say, hey, you know, was able to make uh, quite a few important positives out of that. And that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was funny because 
during that time, I um, I actually started another company with a friend of mine during during the chemo. So, really? <laughs> so we really couldn't see each other. So we talked on the phone quite a bit, and uh, we just decided to build this paint called the Provident Casualty Department in our company. So my friend Mike Rajura and I put that whole thing together during those nine months that I that I was sick, and I I said to him, I said. If I wasn't sick, I wouldn't have the time to do this. <laughs> so I had plenty of time in my hands. Wow. And, you know, you got to wonder about, you know, the power of the subconscious mind and the fact that you're planning a future out, you know, and yeah. and your body kind of di- being directed somewhat by the brain. And, the and uh, you know, it's, uh, again, it goes back to you, you had a choice. You know, you could say, oh, well, stage four, my God, you know, so far advanced, I don't have a chance or, you know, you know, every day is a blessing and I'm, I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And, uh, wow. So leading up to the diagnosis, uh, did you have any signs or, or? Yes, I didn't understand the signs. Um, but the weird thing was I dropped weight for that powerlifting contest and that probably saved my life because, um, I dropped weight, and when I was going to my chiropractor for an adjustment, he uh, he felt something under my rib, and he said, "Take off, take off your shirt." And he said, "Why is your spleen sticking out so far under your rib?" Wow. And um, I dropped about twenty pounds for that contest. Had I not done that, yeah. we probably wouldn't have noticed it sticking out so far. Wow. So um, I owe, I owe a lot to my chiropractor because yeah. he's the one that said to me, "Because Jim, something's wrong. You need to get to a doctor." And then I went to my doctor and then my doctor said, yes, something's wrong. Then before you know it, I was on a table getting biopsies done through my back into my lymph nodes. And lo and behold, it was everywhere. It was in the bone marrow, spleen, and lymph nodes. Yeah. Wow. It, it was a crazy set of circumstances that all led up to that. You know what I mean? Like the powerlifting contest, the dropping the weight, the chiropractor doing my adjustment. I mean, it was all that stuff. Like, you know. The weird thing was when I laid in bed at night, I had a hard time breathing. It was like somebody was sitting on my chest, but I just didn't really, I don't know. I just didn't think too much about it. Well, I mean, you're, you're 38, you're, you're healthy. You're just going to, you know, probably pull a muscle, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of thought like I should, I should do more aerobics <laughs> because I, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the gym so much. I don't do enough aerobics, but, um, wow. but uh, yeah, so yeah, it really, I, I kept, I was told him, I said, man, you saved me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. So Jim, one thing you wish people knew about your company, what comes to mind? I think that the, the most important thing I'd like people to think about is again, most people think that their you know, largest asset again is their home. And it's really for, for the high six, high, high net worth person. It's not. And that money needs to be protected. And we have a program now that, again, until Capital Shield came about, there was no way to insure that money against any kind of theft, Ponzi schemes, or fraud. And today, they can put their head in the pillow at night knowing that money is insured. And again, the other thing that's important to know is that it's not terribly expensive. It's only like $1,500 per million. And the claim is paid at indictment, not even conviction. So when the perpetrator is indicted, they're made whole. The client is made whole. You know, so I think that's the biggest thing is that I think a lot of people have a false sense of security. And I and, and you hate to hear about these stories where people lose their life savings and they have to go back to work or whatever. Their lifestyle just changes dramatically because that money's gone. You know, right. Right. Wow. wow. Great, great information. I'm sure our listeners want to learn more, Jim. Where should we send them? 
they can go to getcapitalshield.com. That's our website. And again, we can help them out that way, or we can actually guide them to some a local insurance agent that's contracted to sell our product. Um, and they can contact us directly with our phone number, which is going to be 239-900-1877. Super, super. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. And uh, I hope we didn't get in the way of your workout or anything. <laughs> anything <laughs> really important. Yeah. Four or five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, I appreciate you. you, Charlie. I appreciate the time you took. And again, I appreciate all, all, the, all the help. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.